0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. You can find this show on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. You can find it on Facebook as well. You can also find me on threads, Instagram, and Facebook at Justin Bizarro. Again, B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. You can find this podcast along with our other shows that we do. On Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts, just type in my last name, B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O, and you will find that. So, we're going to jump right into it. We left Michael in the last episode. He built this trailer. We're getting ready to talk about the menu. We're going to talk about his growth, getting into Opry Mills, and this new crown jewel that we talked about that he's launching very here soon. He's got some road work to do, but he's going to get it done. So, let's jump right into it. How are you doing today, Michael?
1: I'm good, Justin. Thank you for having me on again.
0: You're very welcome. So, Michael, let's jump right into your menu. So, you built, you know, where we left off, you built this food trailer. You've worked with the health inspector. You've built a relationship with him. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But first, I want to go back to the food. How did you come up with sourcing the food? How did you come up with the idea of the hot dogs? And let's go through each one of them in detail and what what makes them up
1: okay perfect so i'm gonna start off with actually um the the research that was done to make sure that stuff was feasible you know we came up with we knew that we wanted to do like chili and bacon and cheese and just really have an elevated experience of uh of toppings you know um but we kind of knew that after the fact you know, we started with the 100% Angus beef, grilled to perfection. Um, we had a small variety of toppings. Um, the signature dog has always been the Nash, which is Duke's mayo, Heinz mustard, and a fresh crispy and pickle spear. Um, and other than that, you know, it was just a very basic, like, ketchup and mustard. We had, a, we had the Knox dog, which was ketchup and mustard and we had the chevy dog which is ketchup mustard mayonnaise and relish so i mean you can try to see there i mean it was a very basic menu to start but we were still trying to make sure that the business was feasible and um we weren't as creative yet you know we were still trying to get our bearings about us but As you mentioned in the last episode, I did work hand-in-hand with the health department to make sure that the steps that I was taking were actually um, in alignment with what was going to be expected and inspected, most importantly. Um, I am not the type that likes to be told no. Um, Some people say, you know, just do what you need to do and uh, ask for forgiveness later. I'm not that type of person. Like I want to... Know for sure that the effort that I'm putting in on the front end is worth it. So, you know, when I was working with that health department to actually, you know, run my concept by them of what the structure of the the hot dog stand was going to be, you know, they also require you to give them a menu. So um, that kind of helped me really understand what it what I could do um, with the hot dog stand. You know, cool thing about tennessee is our we have some i won't say lax but the 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 regulations for what we can cook on a hot dog stand here in nashville are different than some other states like in florida um you have to have individually packaged like cheese and you have to have um like condiment packets. There's just like so many different restrictions that all of the states put on vendors, and every state is different. In Nashville, they're a little more lenient on some of the toppings that you can actually serve. So that was um, a big thing checked off the list. Um, so we were actually able to do like fresh chili that's made from you know, a, a fresh roll of uh, ground beef and we have a family recipe that we use to make our chili. So a you know, chili dog is a staple, but um, we, we didn't carry it from day one just because we weren't sure what the demand would be. So we went out with our basic dogs, if you will. And, um, you know, coming from a customer service background and also coming from the restaurant industry, you learn to really listen and tune in to what the customer is after. So the first addition to our menu is what is now known as the dapper. So the dapper is chopped bacon, grilled onions, duke's mayo and cheddar cheese. So
0: I had um, that one guys and I freaking love that one. I love the mayonnaise on it and I love mayonnaise on hot dogs. I must it's a european thing I think. But it's like Oh, that hot dog is just... I'm drooling thinking about it right now, actually.
1: You know, a lot of people, like, up in Chicago, they knock you for putting ketchup on a hot dog. Um, a lot of people, even being in the South, they're like, or, they're like mayonnaise on a hot dog. And you got to try it. I know it sounds wild, but it's pretty damn good. You know, like, my go-to, like, if I'm just trying to smash something in my face, is, uh, is the Nash, mayonnaise, mustard, and a pickle. Or even just mayonnaise and mustard is really delicious. It's a great combination. Um, you've got that tang in there, a little bit of smoothness coming from the mayo. Um, I'm a huge Duke supporter. Um, we've never used anything else, uh, because, you know, Duke's does what's required, but anyways, we'll elaborate on how the dapper came to be. So we went out open-minded, understanding that it's important to listen to what your customers want. So we were at this, um, catering event. At this place called Bark Public House, um, they house dogs. Like for like, it's like doggy daycare. You know, you can drop your pup off there before work, and um, you know, pay them to to play with your dog all day, so it doesn't have to be in the kennel at home. It's fact, a really cool business model. But they invited us out for their grand opening, and one of their employees asked me, "Have you considered putting bacon and cheddar on a hot dog?" And at that point, I had not but told him that it was something that, uh, we would try out and consider. So we, uh, went out and find, went out and found a, um, pretty high quality bacon and we did the cheddar and just wanted to elevate it a little more. So that's where the grilled onion and the mayo came in. My wife has a very creative mind, you know, in that regard. Um, so we put the hot dog on the menu and it was just, it, first, it didn't really have a name yet. It was just bacon, cheddar, grilled onion, and mayo. But we were trying to figure out how to name the hot dogs. Um, you know, kind of make it unique. So she came up with the idea to name the hot dogs after real life, like dog, like canines. You know, like an actual dog. So the Dapper is named after a after a great Dane, Um, the bear, which is chili cheese and grilled onion is named after my dog bear. Um, he's a, like a Jack Russell rat terrier. Um, the, the Nash is named after, so we do, we actually rotate the Nash and we try to update our pup reps as we call them. So every hot dog has a real life dog that represents it. And, um, so here, here's how that works.
0: And there's and a dog how- in your logo too, right? So I think that that's like really anchoring your brand. That's right.
1: So I will um, kind of go into the how the, the hot dogs are discovered and how we name them. So again, in the spirit of serving our customers and um, just kind of paying attention to what's what they want, you know, keep them coming back. We try to interact in a fun cute way um so we'll we'll take the potter for example which is um named after a um like a teddy bear some type of teddy bear dog i don't it's very small and curly furred you know real cute um so on that hot dog is grilled bell pepper grilled onion bacon heinz mustard and mayo um, so here's here's how that interaction works. Somebody comes up, and they're super excited about Nash dogs. They they look over the menu, and they either see a combination of toppings that they like that we're not currently offering, or um, they suggest toppings that are not on the menu. So you know some of the hot dogs are created by my wife and I. Most of the hot dogs came from the mind of our customers so here here's the scenario justin you come up and you're super excited about nash dogs and you're like but have you thought about doing this you know so um we'll say you know you suggest uh have you thought about doing bacon onion bell pepper mayonnaise and mustard and i'm like no justin i haven't thought about doing that that sounds great um so we're going to try that out we're going to put it on the menu Uh, what should we call it? Do you have a dog, Justin? You know, and so in this case, your dog's name is the Potter. So we're going to, I say, Justin, we're going to put this hot dog with these toppings on the menu and we're going to name it the Potter dog. So what, what we would ask is that you share your, your dog with us, send us a couple of cute pictures of of the real Potter. And then we're going to take a picture of your dog, put it on our social media next to a picture of the hot dog right so now what 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 happens so now justin you're gonna have to come back to Dogs to try this special hot dog that we put on the menu for you right so we say justin come try the hot dog bring potter with you because we're gonna give him a free hot dog and then maybe you bring a friend right so you come up you get your girlfriend with you or your mom or your sister and Just a great interaction come up. Potter's all excited. We give him a chopped up Angus beef dog. He's super thrilled about it. We cook you your Potter dog, your invention, you know? Um, And then while the person, you you brought a person with you and they're so intrigued. They're like, well, have you thought about doing these, this style of toppings, you know? And and now we've created another hot dog, right? So just the same thing. What's the name of your dog? What are your favorite toppings? We're going to name the hot dog after your dog, try it out. And if it, you know, as a hit, then we'll keep it on the menu. So that's kind of the concept behind creating some of the dogs. Um, you know, we created a lot of them ourselves, but we've also been very open to um, the suggestions of our customers, which has really played um, a, a big role in kind of um, people getting behind us because they've seen that, You know, we do care about your opinion and we we care about the the flavor profile that you want to experience when you come around. And it's just been a really cute and fun way to kind of interact with our customers. Um, It not only helps us expand our menu and make sure we're serving things that people actually want to eat, but in regards to like marketing and social media, um, you know, it just creates a lot of content um, opportunity, you know, from – you know, a picture of the dog with a description of the dog. You can go on NashDogs.com and you can look at a full list of all of our pup reps. Each hot dog has a dog that is associated with it. And on our website, you know, you can click on the bear. And not only do you see the hot dog, but you also see, the, you also see a picture of the dog. And what we ask is for each owner to give us a description of their dog, like what's fun or unique about your dog. You know, so we tell a brief little story about the pup. And then we say... So this is the Potter dog, and he's representing the Potter, which is bell pepper, onion, bacon, mayonnaise, and mustard. Um, you know, and Potter loves to chase balls. You know, and he he's a big cuddler and likes to lay on the couch with his mom. Come try the Potter out all month long. You know, so at the end of the month, we assess and see how that hot dog performed, and if it is something that uh, is worth keeping around, then we add it. We, we have our signature dogs and then we also have a, a secret menu that's on our website. So not all of the hot dogs get kept around long-term. Um, but if we have the toppings, you know, people will remember it from the past and um, they, they'll pop up and say, so there's an example, there's one called the Apollo dog. We served at a, at a middle school called Apollo middle. And uh, we served, A couple hundred students, but they wanted us to come up with a signature dog to represent the school. So um, this is one case where there wasn't a real life animal named Apollo, but we named it after the school. So on this hot dog, you can get crushed original lays, ketchup and cheddar cheese. Um, And for those middle schoolers, I mean, they they loved it. You know, it's named after their school um, and it's really delicious. So what happened is now people will come into our mall location or come to some of our other events. And I'd be like, can I get the Apollo? Well, you know, the Apollo is not even advertised on the menu, but for our loyal customers, they know that there's a secret menu online and you can access any of our old hot dogs, you know, and if we have the toppings on hand, we'll make it for you. Um, So it's just been a really cool way to generate like engagement and also create menu items. So Um, I went on a long time about all of that, so um, I know you wanted to get into each dog, so we've talked about the Dapper. Yeah, let's
0: talk about why the uh, why the chips on the hot dog. We we're gonna go into detail, Michael, and we'll end up doing probably a part six talking about your entry into Opryland and that's Crown Jewel, and we'll tee everyone up. But I just this is really good. Why the chips on the hot dog?
1: That was actually my wife's idea, Um, and I, I. particularly remember some type of like Google search happening and maybe there was like some Pinterest or something associated with it, but they were sitting on the couch trying to come up with a good hot dog. And she was like, well, what do you think about putting up crushed chips on a hot dog? I mean, it was literally like her idea. So um, that is the Herman. um, And that is Heinz mustard, crushed original lays, grilled onion and grilled bell pepper. And I mean, it is a hit, you know, it's, actually very popular with women and even more popular um, with our veggie dog and vegetarian crowd. Um, you know, when a vegan or a vegetarian come around, they're like, Hey, what what do you suggest? And typically our answer is the Herman. And if someone eats the Herman, they'll be back, you know? So that's a really cool and unique dog, you know, and it really, the, I think that she got that idea because, um, you know, the old thing where you crush up potato chips and put them on a sandwich. I mean, at least that's something that I did growing up. You know, yeah, there like, you
0: uh, go. That's what I was, I was like, yes, I, of course, I think everyone did. I put Cheetos on my sandwiches still. Right.
1: You know, I'm a big Dorito guy on my sandwich. So that's where that idea came from. Um, so i got to give the, the, you know, the wife has a ton of credit for actually helping construct the menu. Um, I actually had a. Well, and unlimited- I think you
0: need a Brutus dog after my dog, a Brutus hot dog with Doritos on it because that dog loves Doritos, especially, like, and Cheez Its, by the way. He loves Cheez Its, Doritos, and Cheetos, but Doritos, especially, he loves those things. He will, like, literally carry the bag out of the closet waiting for well, someone to open it up. And if Deborah was eating ideas. any of those things, he was right there with her. So I love this a lot. Um, and Just uh, in my
1: head, I see der- I see crushed Doritos.
0: Yeah, I see some
1: yellow mustard, and there's, there's another. I'm thinking maybe a little
0: ranch there. in there also, like a little bit of ranch. That dog loves ranch dressing. If he gets like I don't know, he doesn't like like other like things, but he smells ranch and he's all about it. So I ranch mean, there's is always the, the cool ranch Doritos also, but he likes the fiery ones too. But I think there's all a different thing there that would make it kind of cool. But anyway, you're going down a rabbit hole. So let's continue to talk about the hot dogs here. And I agree with you. All those things on there make it fabulous. And Brutus, obviously, is my dog, so I'm biased. He needs his own hot dog for this show let's, and for Nash do Dogs.
1: Let's do it for sure. Let's, uh, let's brainstorm. Uh, yeah. off podcast and we'll come yeah. up with something really cool you're gonna get um, like a
0: you're gonna get a freaking text in like 3 a.m. in the morning like me brainstorming ideas when I can't sleep uh, but just because it won't leave my mind
1: I'm, I'm very curious and intrigued to see what it is we'll do the whole social media thing and we'll really blow it up I think
0: it would be super cool yeah I think so too so, so continue you, you, on with the hot dogs so I'm going to just in
1: the you know the 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 thought of time. I'm going to try to not rush through these, but get through them. So I'm going to speak on them and just kind of explain what the toppings are on each dog. You interject anywhere you need. And if you want me to elaborate more on the concept or the dog, let me know, but I'm going to kind of go through the list
0: Yeah, name off the
1: toppings. So you just talked about ranch Um, that, so this dog is not one of our regular signature dogs that we actually carry on the menu. I told you earlier that some of the dogs kind of get, Um, quote unquote retired or it's just you know we can't continue to carry like we have 21 toppings that we carry already so one more is a lot you know so some of the things just kind of have to to go away unless there's a big demand for it but you talked about ranch so uh, we have a Tito dog Um, that was a customer suggestion so it's ranch um, crushed chili cheese fritos and grilled jalapenos And let me tell you, man, that hot dog is so damn good. Um, That that was uh, one of our really cool dogs that we did our first year out. And we still have people, you know, come up and ask for it every once in a while. So that is uh, the Tito dog. It's kind of getting highlighted. There's a ton of other um, secret menu items. That's one of them. But so what I'm going to talk about now is the signature specialty dogs that we do. So we talked about the dapper, bacon, cheddar, grilled onion, and mayo. We talked about the potter, which is bacon, bell pepper, onion, mustard, and mayo. We talked about the Herman Dog, crushed original Lay's, grilled bell pepper, onion, and mustard. The next is a classic, um, which is actually, it's the only hot dog on the menu um, on the official signature menu that's not named after a dog. It's named after my grandfather who helped me with the concept of Nash Dogs. Um, his own request was that we put this hot dog on the menu. So it's called the Don and it is yellow mustard and grilled sauerkraut. So classic, you know, in New York in Chicago, um, and Chicago. We, and we go through a lot of sauerkraut. So we grill it on the, the flat top. We hit it with a little bit of seasoning, And uh, we lay down a little mustard, and that's your your sauerkraut dog. Very classic. There is the Chicago dog. So we don't call it the Chicago dog. We call it the king dog. Chicagoans are very particular about how a Chicago dog is created and presented. And uh, when we first put it on the menu, we called it the Chicago dog. But um, like I said, Chicagoans being very particular – They expect that dog to be boiled, they expect a poppy seed bun, they expect um, neon green relish. So those are three things that we do different with our King Chicago dog. So our hot dogs are grilled to perfection, they're not boiled. Instead of using a poppy seed bun, we toast our buns, and then when the hot dog is dressed, we top it with poppy seeds from a shaker. So that was a solution. You know, everybody wanted, you can't have a Chicago dog without a poppy seed bun. Well, it doesn't have to be a poppy seed bun, it just needs to be a bun with poppy seeds on it, in my opinion, you know. And then the neon green relish, we just use a sweet relish just because, um, honestly, for the consistency of the hot dogs, and neon green relish is not cheap. Um, and although it is important to an official Chicago dog for what we're trying to do, Um, It's not that sweet relish is good enough. Sweet relish is delicious. And, um, you know, if you're that hard up, go to Chicago and get you some neon green relish. But actually, that's not even true. I've had some people, they will, like, message me, and they will ask me about the neon green relish. And I do carry some of it on hand. I don't advertise it because, again, it is very expensive, and they come in small jars. But... Sometimes people just, they want it and they'll let me know in advance. And I'll pick it up and uh, we'll make them as close to a real Chicago dog as possible. But that's the King dog. So has seven. It's called the Chicago seven and it's done in this order, according to Portillo's, um, which is a Chicago hot dog brand. So you, we grill our dogs. They go in a toasted bun. We got yellow mustard, relish, Two tomato slices, a cloth and pickle spear, raw onion, sport peppers, more Marconi is the preferred brand, um, celery salt and poppy seeds. So you got seven toppings on there. Very good dog. I would recommend that you add some mayonnaise to it. That's how I like to eat it. Um, and I like to grill the onions instead of eating raw onions. That's just my style. So. Um, but that is what we call the King Dog, and that's named after a pit bull. Um, so, what what's next? We've got the the Bentley. So a Southern classic, or if you're from West Virginia, you know it's a classic there, or Georgia. So it's uh, yellow mustard, coleslaw, and raw onion, and that's called the Bentley dog. Um, Give me just a second. I'm going to pull the menu up here so I can make sure that I'm not missing anything. So we talked about quite a few there. I apologize, Justin. Give me just a second here.
0: No, take your time. And I'm just going to give the audience a little bit of reference here. I mean, there's a lot of different types of hot dogs out there. They they traditionally come in a lot of forms. Uh, you, know, you know, some of them are beef, pork, and veal. Some of them are uh chicken some of them are turkey so when we when he talks about 100 angus we're talking about all 100 beef hot dogs here and so i just want to anchor that for the audience how important it is in, in the choices that you're making for the product that you're putting on the bun you're looking for a, a very natural product that's what you have you have a very high quality product it cooks well you cut it a little bit to make sure that flavor stays in there and they cook thoroughly. It's a, it's just a great presentation.
1: So um, I, so the last two are, our chili dogs. Um, and I'm going to save my favorite for last. Um, but we talked about the bear earlier, which is named after my dog bear. Um, so it's a family recipe. Um, we do fresh chili. So it starts off as, you know, a roll of ground beef. We, uh, you know, cook that through and we strain most of the fat, got a little bit of seasoning in there um, and tomato sauce. And, you know, we make our own batch of chili every morning. So the the bear dog is chili, grilled onion and cheddar cheese. Real simple, classic, super delicious. A lot of people like to make their own alterations to it. Maybe they'll add mustard or relish or coleslaw sauerkraut you know there's a variety of different ways to do it but the the classic chili cheese and rota is what the bear is and then my favorite currently and i get this changes every so often but right now i'm really stuck on what we call the hamilton which is that same chili it's got chopped bacon and cheddar and then the two hated condiments Ketchup and mayo. Everybody gives me hell for having ketchup or mayo, depending on where they're from. Can't believe you got ketchup. You can't put ketchup on a hot dog. And if you're in the hot dog industry, you've heard that over and over again. It's like a sin to put ketchup within a mile of a hot dog, apparently. But I do what I want because it's my company,
0: you know. So we lay down ketchup.
1: Mayo. Exactly.
0: I'm mean, there's tons of people that eat ketchup on hot dogs. I'm a little bit blown away by this. You should see the patients in, in hospitals. How much ketchup they eat with their hot dogs.
1: Yeah, man, it's like a really big thing. We get it all the time. It's like always the same thing. You put ketchup on a hot dog. Well, for sure, you know, or, and then it's the same thing with mayo. But so ketchup, mayo, chili, cheese, and bacon. And man, that dog is hearty. It's delicious. You know, the, the hot dogs are quarter pound, and the buns are nice and hefty. My favorite thing about our buns is the bottom of it is solid. You know, you go to some hot dog places and, um, you know, they'll put the toppings on it, but halfway through, like, the dog falls through the bottom of the bun. I'm very proud that we use a ballpark honey golden buns. Um, they're very high quality. They are soft, and they, they do their job, you know, so um, we've always advertised that, and I think the the bun is literally half the experience. You know, you can have a damn good hot dog with a ton of toppings, but um, that, that bread is really what drives the hot dog home. You know, it's a full experience. If you do the bread, right, you know, I'll go down on Broadway sometimes and I see the buns that people use, you know, and it's just the cheapest bun they could find. Like literally no thought for the customer And no thought for the flavor profile or the experience of eating the hot dog. So, you know, we anchor all of our hot dogs with a solid, delicious bun. The the 100% Angus beef, I I think that it can stand on its own. I mean, that might even need to be a signature dog on its own, just a plain hot dog in the bun. Um, I'm very proud to show what our grilled dogs look like by themselves. Um, I think with some hot dog vendors, you know, they want to, they want to hide the meat, cover it up because it's not the quality, but, um, just one of our hot dogs, just plain. I mean, you could eat it just as it is, honestly, with no condiments and it's really delicious. And also it's very aesthetically pleasing for, you know, (laughs) for a six inch piece of meat, you know, um, so that, that is the, the menu with the specialties, um, and then the last thing is we do um, my favorite thing that we do is we do a build your own option, which is really what leads us into um, being able to accommodate just about any flavor requirement from a customer, you know? Um, you can do any of our specialties, which is range from the Nash, mayonnaise, mustard on the pickle, the chili dog, or you can just get on the build your own. And we have 21 different toppings, just about any type of, liquid condiment that you could want, ketchup, mustard, spicy mustard, sweet relish, dill relish, barbecue sauce, hot sauce. Um, and then you get into the hard toppings, pickles, bacon, shredded cheddar cheese, the fresh chili or crushed chips, jalapenos, coleslaw, sauerkraut, bell pepper, onion. And you know, the list goes farther than that, but that is our, our, our set menu. And, um, you know, we're always trying to refresh it and and keep things um, new and interesting. We added the veggie dog, which is a soybean base uh, a soybean based dog. We added that about two years ago. We had such a high demand for it, it just got really old saying no, we don't. You know, we don't cater to vegans or vegetarians. But now we've got this really delicious veggie dog option, which is also grilled to perfection and um, you know, we get vegans and vegetarians that will frequent us um, because I think that that demographic of eaters has really been um, kind of forgotten about and left out. And when they find someone that will service them and take care of them, um, they quickly become loyal customers. Um, I've got this one guy. He comes back literally twice a week. He has the same order every time. Um, it's two Herman's ad ad hot sauce light mustard and you know he'll eat that twice a week He eats two at a time you know and um so anyways it's uh that's our that's our menu and we've really tried to build it in a way that caters to our customers and um kind of their own individual flavor profiles and over the course of almost three years we've really been able to whittle our specialties down and our our base topping offerings down to be able to accommodate anybody and with 21 topping options and, um, nine specialties, um, it's pretty difficult to come to Mash dogs and not be able to find something that's really going to wow you.
0: I love this. Let's, um, let's dive into expansion a little bit here because I mean you grow from the food cart that we talked about before you've developed a menu And you get this opportunity to go into Opry Mills Mall, okay? And I just want to anchor the history here a little bit for everyone, is Opry Land used to be what is now Opry Mills, and it was an actual theme park um, operated by the Grand Old Opry uh, that was at a Ryman Theater. And they moved out there to build a better theater because the Ryman was falling apart. It still exists today in downtown Nashville on Broadway, which I want to anchor this because you will be having residents down there, it looks like, on Broadway also. And the Grand Ole Opry, it was an amusement park. It was open from 1972 to 1997 before it was closed to build Opry Mills. But as a kid in the horse business, when I grew up on a horse farm, my mom and dad would go down there, and we'd go down there quite a bit. Uh, horse auctions things like that and horse shows and I remember going to Opryland so now it's a mall which is a little bit weird of experience because I still remember the area and stuff like that obviously Nashville's changed quite a bit over the last 20 years uh, and really changed since 2010 so less than 15 years after the flood destroyed downtown and it became now the major tourist destination that it is now. But I just want to anchor this because you you get an opportunity to go into Opry Mills Mall and it almost changes your trajectory um, in some ways. Not like you haven't had many things that have done that for you. The trailer itself, the dogs, the hot dogs being named after the dogs themselves, uh, the opportunities that you had, uh, the constant requests. So how do you go from your little food trailer, and I'll say little not to minimize it, but it is small. We said four foot by six foot, which is tiny for a food trailer. Um, You've taken this business you built literally by your bootstraps and those bootstraps are the trailer. So again, I'm not minimizing or making fun. I just want the audience to know that I just am emphasizing how important it is to start small and build your business and and go through the learning lessons and the hard knocks and, and have the scars and the lessons to learn from it. So talk to me about how you go from the food trailer into Opry Mills Mall.
1: So the food trailer was a, at the beginning, kind of a compromise on what I wanted. Um, It would have been nice to have a food truck, um, but, you know, you can either have something or nothing, right? So again, didn't want to buy, you know, a a run-of-the-mill hot dog stand, so I built my own. And uh, that personalization really was the first thing that started to kind of set us apart from the... Um, other hot dog vendors, um, you know, in this area, you know, and there are a lot um, there are people that do similar topping offers um, to us, but um, I really feel like that, you know, just started with um, being consistent and being extremely grateful from a genuine place. Um, I say this a lot. um, There are, how many food places in the world, you know, at, you talk about Opry mills, there's probably 50, 60 food vendors in there. And, um, you think about food trucks in Nashville. I mean, there's, I would say there's a thousand if not more, you know, there's, and then outside of Nashville. My point is is that folks have the opportunity to eat anywhere they want. You know, they don't, they're, they're eating with us. They're choosing Nash dogs. Um, because that's that they've that's what they're interested in at, at that moment you know and you have typically one opportunity to impress someone and for me understanding you know what what my goals are and my objective to to build this brand to sustain myself and my family and really to build a generational legacy of like you know a, a wealth of knowledge and income and resources you know um it really is that deep. Um, And we built our support and our customer base through showing appreciation and gratitude. Um, We were always and still continue to be very interested in what our customers have to say. I value everyone's opinion, good or bad. Um, You know, I, I thank God that I'm a, you know, we have 52 five star reviews on Google and we have, one four star review, um, and you know I always wonder what opportunities that we missed. You know um, I, I'm very grateful that we haven't bothered someone so much that they wanted to go leave. You know a review that was terrible, but I, I have had people email me, you know, and say, "Hey, this is what my this is my experience," and you know it really wasn't what I was expecting, um, and you know I value that, and I. I'm always, I thank folks for their time. You know, like literally I'll say, hey, thank you for your time. I appreciate you um, taking the time to to come and share your opinion with me. And um, I, I, it comes from a source of uh, like genuinely caring what someone has to say, you know, and actually like showing them that their opinion really does carry weight what we're trying to do uh i take pride in nash dogs and i've put a lot of effort into duplicating that within my staff and um i have really harped on the fact that you know we take pride in what we do because these people they're not just choosing nash dogs and they're they're literally paying our bills um they're they're giving us the ability to take care of our families so that's what grew the trailer to the point that, you know, we were doing, you know, events and, you know, we were saying and still are saying no to more events than we say yes to, you know, booked out 60 to 90 days, um, you know, with a full calendar. But when I was just on the trailer, it was just me um, that that was doing the cooking. You know, I would have a little bit of help, maybe somebody come work as cashier or something like that. But um the trailer did not give a lot of opportunity for expansion or growth and just coming from a mindset of you know growth and um, understanding that one person can't do it all um, I found it really important very quickly to make the processes um, du- duplicatable so the the mall came out of Um, A couple of different things, Um, you know, it came out of necessity because as a food truck, you need a commissary. For those of you that do not know what a commissary for a food truck is, it's a place that you service your food truck. You fill your water tanks, dump your gray water, maybe do some prep, store your your cold goods, your dry goods. It's just a a home base where you start your day and end your day. Um, At the time, I was paying about $250, 300 a month to a local restaurant, um, to use their facilities and it just required me to work around their schedule and accommodate it, it. It required me to make my business accommodate their business, you know, and, um, it just didn't make sense, you know, uh, having to come and go at like crazy hours and, you know, they don't want you in their kitchen when they're in the middle of, of a rush. So it just really limit limits the, the things that you can do, you know. And um, I wanted to start to elevate Nash Dogs, and also um, really dig into what the the needs of the the business are, which were more storage. Um, a lot of the stuff kind of poured over into my personal garage, and then we moved into a storage unit, and um, it, it's just really not conducive. to to running a food truck, you know? So we needed our own space. And um, I wasn't really sure where to do it because I'm not a believer in brick and mortars for for the most part. I think you have have to have a really substantial brand to be in a brick and mortar and expect the money to come to you opposed to you going to the money, which is what I got really um, in tune with doing, you know, pop-up events and catering You know they'll call you and say, "Hey, you know we've got 200 people. How much would you charge to feed them?" The same question that I asked the guy that helped me realize that this is the path that I wanted to pursue. You know, how much? You know, for 200 people. You know, and that that's it's not easy money. It's money you still got to go make, but you know it's money that you're going to, opposed to being in a brick and mortar on the side of the road and expecting people to come to you day after day. You know, 200 sales. For a brick and mortar, you know it might take ten hours where you know you can pop up at a factory and they have 200 employees that're gonna come eat in three hours. or today you know we went to the hospital and um, did about a hundred in you know less than three hours. So the mall was really a kind of a prayer answered you know I cut my teeth in Opry Mill's mall. Um, what I mean by that is that was my first job as an entrepreneur. Um, I worked for a place called Super Shammy. Some of you may know it as Sham Wow. You could probably find a video on YouTube if you don't know what it is. But I worked as a um, in-person live demonstrator, and I would sell these chamois to people, you know, in the mall. So I kind of had that that connection already, and you know. Um, I knew the potential that opera mills could bring. And I knew that there was a hot dog stand in there. It's no longer um, even a brand, but it was called Nashville dogs. Right. And so we're called Nash dogs. That was called Nashville dogs. Um, And I would walk past it often in in the mall. And I, I just kind of assessed what they were doing. You know, they had a roller grill, very basic toppings. They were charging, about the same as what I was charging for my premium dogs. And um, I just knew that when I saw it, I was like, I, I wish that I could have something like that. Well, we were in the mall one day, and I walked by it, and it was vacant. And I was like, that's going to be mine for sure. So I got in contact with the um, the manager of the um, the kiosk. Uh, the, the kiosk in the, the mall, and Kind of let her know what my concept was and asked her some qualifying questions about that. And you know, she let me know that the person who that was running it was running it from afar. He lived in Florida, and he had a staff. Um, and I talked to the staff, and none of them were related to him. They were just random people that he had hired. So none of them really had time, energy, or love or loyalty invested into Nashville Dogs, which is why it failed. Um, because you're selling a grilled, or not a grilled, you're selling a roller dog, with basic toppings for ten bucks, and the person who's sell it, serving it to him doesn't give a fuck. Um, so, I do, and I knew that his lack of appreciation would quickly be replaced with my, like, my my gratitude. I mean, you mentioned it when we first started. Like, I come from a, from a place of like poverty you know like there wasn't a lot for us growing up so you know you're taught to really appreciate the things that you do have and to make the most of them opportunities like that don't come along very often and it might sound like small potatoes to somebody who's a millionaire but for a, a dude that built a hot dog stand in his garage to have a kiosk inside of the biggest mall in the state in a prestigious place like that in the entryway it's huge so um, you know, that's the, the process started. We pitched the idea to the mall. They liked the brand that we had put together, like the, the hot dog options. So we moved into the mall, we branded it and, um, you know, it has just exploded. We did that in June of 2022. And now we're more than a year in and, you know, it's fully functional. I've got three full timers and five part timers and I, invest a couple of hours a week into the mall and it's pretty autonomous for the most part. It's been a, a huge blessing. Um, it serves the, the purpose of elevating our brand and giving us legitimacy. You know, the the big reason for pursuing something like that was not only to have our own commissary, but also to capitalize on missed opportunities. Before it, Opry mills, if you wanted the Nash dog, you had to wait till Michael Spencer was out selling it, you know, and typically I'm out about three hours a day. And then I would a couple of times a week just pop up in a random spot and maybe be there for four or five hours, like 11 to four, 11 to five, something like that. But when Michael goes home, the Nash Dogs are done for the day and you got to wait, you know, to to find me down the road or, you know, come to one of my events but so we were getting a lot of calls and emails. Hey, where can, where can we get a Nash Dog? Like, when are you going to be out again? Why are you not out today? Um, so I just saw it as a opportunity to um, take advantage of missed sales opportunities, you know, because people eat, you know, three times a day. And just because they want to eat with you today doesn't mean they want to eat with you tomorrow. And you missed the opportunity yesterday, you know. So... The mall was a way for me to tell people at my events and people they were calling and emailing. This is where you can get an Ash dog when Michael's not cooking it. You can go to the mall, you know, so we opened up the mall. I worked in there for the, six, the first six months and really trained my staff to be able to duplicate the process, made sure that they were executing things in a way that I expected to be. I'm pretty particular on how the dogs are constructed and the, the order in which the condiments are laid down the example i use is when you go to mcdonald's and you order a cheeseburger where's the cheese in the same place every time it's right under the bun right on top of the hamburger patty it's not at the bottom of the bun under the hamburger patty every time it's on top of the patty so at nash dogs the condiments are laid down first that's your adhesive that's your glue for the toppings that are going to be laid down you know so you you lay your condiments down if you're going to do If it's a dog with cheese, if the cheese is not going on the grill, it gets laid down right on top of the hot hot dog so that it melts. And then you take your other hot toppings, such as bacon, and you drop it on top of that cheese, which helps to to melt it, you know. So there's an order of operation for these hot dogs. I have, you know, um, instruction cards around the kiosk that the cook can look at and understand, like, okay, this is how this hot dog is supposed to be made you know start to finish there's not only a graphic there but there's also a description with the toppings in order you know so um started to implement a lot of like corporate processes to make the to make everything duplicatable and um so that that's how we got into the mall and that's what made it operational and you know just to kind of sum it up the the purpose was to serve a necessity of having a commissary to give a space so that we could be more productive, you know, do our prep at a time that made sense for us and then also to capitalize on missed opportunities um that would have typically just gone uncaptured.
0: This, so is, that's this the, is that's really cool vision. actually. I mean, it's really cool because you took something that you took the innovations, the things you had to deal with on a small trailer and they helped make the kiosk work, right? I That's mean, right. you had to have, a, you had to find a little commissary area. You had to build a location. You had to bring plumbing there, even though there was no plumbing. So you have, you know, a sink you created out of the same idea you created for the food trailer, right? And you you had to deal with things differently there. You still use a blackstone there, I believe, and you had to get your own. Um, uh, basically self-contained hood system there to cook the hot dogs, right? Uh, from yep. uh, the name of them or skipping. Fort, Fort Wayne, Yeah, Quip-X. Uh Then they're out of S- Fort Wayne, but headquartered in New Jersey. And um, John Pennington was the guy who used to represent that company. I worked with them for like 11 years mm-hmm. at Cull which stood for Culinary Equipment. We were in the restaurant equipment business. Uh, and... I just think there's so many things that you've been able to do to help facilitate this, right? And to make it so it's possible, everything that you had, every it's where God's plan kicks in. Every little bump you've had in the road over your life, particularly as you started Nash Dogs, led up to being able to do Aubrey Mills, right? Um And then from there, you actually open your own food trailer. You actually then do actually get a food trailer. I know you have that. Uh, Talk to us quickly about that, Michael. And I don't know how much more time you have, but would you mind just talking about that food trailer that you've recently opened as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the food trailer was um, really the culmination of um, both operations kind of um, going back to where we started so uh, you know on some of the other episodes I've really talked about Old Hickory Village a lot you know if you want to hear more about that it's on episode two I believe but Old Hickory Village is the community that it built us Um, just a brief overview of that you know I've kind of bootstrapped my presence in that community we did our first event at Hadley Park um, on the other side of town and then we live in Old Hickory so My wife went on um, Facebook and she posted about, um, actually, let me back up a little bit. So when I first started in Old Hickory, there was this old abandoned gas station um, and people would dump their trash there just like anything, like mattresses, tires were two of the favorites for some reason just bags of trash at one point it was a goodwill donation center so that was kind of the reason why people thought it was a dump site but <clears throat> you know it's on our main strip which is old hickory boulevard and you, you drive down this road every day and you see this parking lot like just full of trash just you know and i'm proud of my community and it was an eyesore so driving by it every day i would at times kind of complain about it well one day i was driving and trying to figure out, like, where I could put this hot dog stand on a regular basis. And I'd been turned down a lot. And um, I drove past that parking lot, and, like, I complained about it out loud. And then my I responded to myself. I was like, so if you don't like it, why don't you do something about it? Like, go clean up about it instead of bitching about it, you know? And that was kind of the light bulb moment. I was like, I will do that. So I called the realtor, and I proposed, hey, uh, I see that you guys – Either A don't care or B don't have the time to clean this property. Would you consider allowing me uh, to trade you sweat equity, you know, to to have this as a location to set up? So they were in agreement with that. So the agreement was you set up here, you, you know, you have to clean up first. So I would take my pickup truck there. Actually, at the time I didn't have a pickup truck, so I would go rent a U-Haul. And I would load up all this trash these mattresses and I would take it and dump it, um, you know, at the dump. And then I would have a spot to set the hot dog stand up. So that was in Old Hickory. And uh, my wife went on Facebook and she posted about what her husband had done and that we were going to be setting up in this parking lot on a regular basis. And this is also in December of 2020 everything in the area was shut down. I'm sorry, March of 2020, everything in the area was shut down. Um, I'm sorry, let me back up. It was in December of 2020 um, because there was snow on the ground and I got my dates out of line. So December, 2020, like everything in the area was closed, you know, restaurants really weren't operating because of COVID. Um, so we were really the only food option in the area, you know, and we were COVID friendly because we operated in open air So at the time, you know, one of the suggestions for uh, COVID restrictions was to keep six foot of distance in an open air. And if you do have to be around people, it's better to not be in an enclosed space. So that served us perfect. We would serve outside on our hot dog stand and um, people would come through as if it were a drive-through. We would fill this parking lot up every day. I'm talking about like 10, 15, 20 cars and my wife would go car to car, like a car hop at Sonic, you know, um, without the menu board, you know, and she would like take these orders and I would cook them and she would run them to the cars, you know, and um, that built our presence in old Hickory. Well, it wasn't before long that folks started asking, Hey, will you come do this catering event? You know, have you considered coming here, going there? And in the spirit of being a capitalist and making money, I'm like, for sure, you know, I'll come out to your event. So what what does that do for Old Hickory? It takes their hot dog stand, you know, that, they're, that they've been supporting out of the area. So that's where those calls come from. You know, where are you at? Like, when can I get a Nash doll? When are you coming back? The goal before meeting that need was to be more efficient. So Opry Mills came first, um, fortunately and unfortunately. But the, the people in Old Hickory, you know, Opry Mills is a tourist mall, and it's about 15, 20 minutes from Old Hickory, and that's just a long way to drop for a hot dog. And then once you get to the mall, you got to, like, go in the mall, and it's just a pain in the ass for a hot dog, you know? So we always wanted to come back home, Old Hickory, and have a location over there. So we were able to take some of the profits from the mall, and uh, reinvest them into a trailer. So in February of 2022, or not, fe- not 2020, February 2023, I finally found a trailer that was um, that would fit my needs. It was on Facebook Marketplace, and um, I offered the lady cash for it. And um, you know, she she took the cash. So we started slowly building this trailer out. So from February to um, June, and we open up in July of this year. So we just put this new trailer over in Old Hickory. It is a 10 by 6. It's still not exactly like the dream trailer, you know. But I, I find it funny, you know. Um, every time I upgrade, I always look at what I have, and I'm like, oh, it could be just a little more, you know. It, it could be a little more efficient. But it's so – Interesting that um, you know, with the levels of the success in the business, that the old things almost seem inadequate. You know, like when I I kind of touched on it in the previous episode. You know, when we first started running, we had an inverter and a boat battery, and now I have a generator. Well, you know, it, when I bought this new trailer, like we had to buy another generator, and you know, the the first generator was a 3,500 watt. This new one's a, a 9,500. And when I first started, I could have never have fathomed like, spending that much money on a damn generator, you know? And um, now I have two generators and two trailers and a spot in the mall. And um, it's just always elevating and continue to, to, continuing to grow. And I just feel like it's a lot because of the, the time investment and the energy and the appreciation and gratitude that's put into it. I always am very quick to to thank my, my customers, our customers, you know, and show them that I understand that they could have went anywhere and they chose Nash dogs that day. So that was the catalyst of getting Nash dogs back into old Hickory because the demand was there, you know, they care about us and they support us and they actually want to hear what we have to say. You know, they're um interested in com- in coming to get a hot dog, but at the same time, they're interested in, How Nash Dogs is doing. Are you thriving? Are you growing? And in the mall, it's super cool. But you know, that's a new person every day. You know, we get some regulars in there because of like the mall workers. But in Old Hickory, we've got a community of 5000 that are behind us. And it only made sense to come back and serve them, not just to make money, but really to, to serve that base of people that have made this dream possible.
0: Amazing, Uh, Michael, I think I'm going to bring... That's kind of
1: that, and um, I'll let you jump back in.
0: Yeah, um, I think we're at a good point because I I do want to dive into what's going on, but you and I have been on for two and a half hours. hours. Yeah, and so I want to let you have time with things, um, if that's okay with you, and we can schedule to record part six where we really start diving into Broadway, start diving into the opportunities and sort of mindset in your growth, if that's okay with you
1: yeah yeah for sure. no doubt I would love to do that for you know we've got you know, some big things on the horizon yeah you know, I've talked about everything growing and um there there's you talked about it earlier, it's the crown jewel and um you know, it's funny a second ago I was saying like things at some point seem like you know, well, maybe I could do a little better than that and I'm so curious to see where God takes this because right now in this very moment, the crown jewel that you speak of seems like, the biggest opportunity of my life um it is literally going to change the direction of my of my legacy it's the the catalyst it's what's going to propel us to a national brand I feel it in my heart you know I see myself already in this place cooking hot dogs serving and I already already own it you know it's it sounds so silly to say that like we're already selling hot dogs there you know, not not in a literal sense, but in my heart, it's there. In my energy, it's there, and uh, I'm super excited to elaborate a, elaborate on it in our next call.
0: Our yeah, next I talk. agree 100. Um, percent It's incredible, actually. And I and I and I would leave. We would keep going, but I feel like we need an episode just to talk about that and to revisit some of this and talk about the teeing up that happened because I could. I really want to set it up. So, everyone in the audience, so you guys know that this is a big deal for Michael. And it's weird because him and I literally talked about this when we did the first three episodes. We were, like, manifesting this for him. We were literally joking around and talking about it, what an ideal this would be. And it's weird how this sort of happened. Um, And we'll get into how and why, you know, it was God's will and, obviously, Michael's will because he took action. But we're going to get into this in the next episode that we have together. I'm going to try to get Michael back on as soon as possible so we can tell this story. But in the meantime, Michael, where can they find you on social media, your business? Where can they find you personally if they have questions or things they want to talk to you about? Because also just so the audience knows that what we're also going to talk about with Michael the next episode is a food truck school uh, or a food truck training academy, however we want to look at it. We're st- still talking about names and things like that, that he's also starting to work on. So when he started to wanting to give back, the doors opened up for him. I just want everyone to understand that I want to anchor that as we, we finish this episode. So we're going to be talking about that crown jewel on Broadway, and we're going to be talking about sort of this next business step for that Michael is going to do to raise the water for all of the food trucks and all of the food entrepreneurs in Nashville and possibly the entire United States. So, uh, Michael, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate your time and, and the story and the detail you went into. It means a lot to me. Uh, you're a good friend. Just so anyone in the audience knows, Michael, since we've done the first show, he's become a friend. He's become someone I've spent a lot of time with when I've been in Nashville as we've been filming Foodtopia. I went to his businesses. I still have to get out to the food trailer. I can't wait to do that. I've you know, i experienced his cart, and I've experienced the Opry Mills location. His food is delicious. I like his combination. I like the attention to detail. I like the quality of the products. So, Michael, where can they find you online?
1: Uh, find us at NashDogs.com. Uh, please read about our story on there. Um, and you can also find us at Nash Dogs on Instagram and Facebook.
0: Cool. Michael, you did an incredible job, dude. Thank you again. Everyone in the audience, if you like what Michael's doing, please, these are really, really good episodes, all five parts of them. And I can't wait to do number six because it's really anchoring home the education here from Michael's experience and exposure. This this He's going into really great details for the audience. I hope everyone's got their notebooks out. And if you didn't, you better go back and listen to this and go take notes again. All five of his episodes because there's really great nuggets of information in there. And they may seem like coal, but I guarantee you put a little pressure on yourself. Put a little discomfort in your life and and start moving in a direction. And that pressure will turn those coals into diamonds. Okay, That's what it did for Michael. That's what it's doing for Michael. It will continue to do it. He doesn't get stuck in the winds of today. He focuses on winning tomorrow always and may seem fruitless because am I ever feel like winning, that's not the point. The point is to constantly be growing in the pursuit of purpose and happiness and legacy and freedom and independence is all the things that are the reward. So, Michael, thank you again for coming on. I really do appreciate that. Yeah, um,
1: absolutely. For sure. I appreciate you having me on. And I um, just want to add one more thing. I've, yeah. You know, I've been trying to articulate this um, in most of our episodes, and I've been saying this to a lot of people, and I think it's super important because it's really been the guiding force of uh, the energy that I've been able to put out, um, you know, really for the past couple of months. You know, everything sounds super grandiose, like when we're talking about it on a podcast. Um and you know, I'm very grateful for everything, but damn, it sure is a lot of work you know um it's work that I want to be doing but the the biggest thing that's carried me forward um is a a newfound faith um you know I, I don't typically speak about um religion and um spirituality uh just because it can be a divisive subject but um I'll tell you this um, I don't really identify as religious, I identify as spiritual I understand that there's a higher power and a greater purpose for, um, you know, the energy that, that governs us, you know, um, I I don't know what is out there, but there is something that, you know, fills us with life and gives us the energy to, to move forward. And so it's it's a little long winded, but a couple of months ago I was driving down the road and just feeling very overwhelmed Um, and not sure how to continue to execute um, in a monetary sense. Um, Sometimes things get tighter than I'd like for them to be. You know, small businesses are not always sunshines and rainbows and are not always super profitable, but driving down the road, um, and it was like a man, like, sat in my back seat and not whispered, but, spoke loud in my ear. Um, Serve from abundance and know that everything is already taken care of. And that that's what I heard. It was like someone said it out loud. It gave me goosebumps, you know? And I just accepted it wholeheartedly, um, which is pretty um, uncommon of me just because I, I like to live my life rooted in rationale and... Um, I like for things, you know, one plus one equals two. I don't like to. I've not always been a a person to move through faith, but I, I heard that that day. I don't know where it came from, um, other than you know the the spirit that guides us all. But serve from abundance and know that everything is already taken care of. And any time in the past couple of months that I've had any just a moment of doubt, I remind myself of that quote, and it's like fuel to the fire. And it's so crazy to see that when I really accept it and live in that, um, it, everything just makes sense. And things, they don't come together, but that, you know, things are happening for me. And I think it's because I've really started to accept my the faith of things and to just manifest, to use a already overused word. But last time, serve from abundance and know that things are already taken care of.
0: I love this, and I'm in a like I'm. I went to Catholic school, and I'm a very spiritual person. I wouldn't say religious. Um, I have trouble with organized religion, honestly, and sort of the extremes. But the truth about it is, is I am very spiritual, and I agree with you. And I'm a firm believer in God. Anyone who follows me on Instagram or listens to podcast knows that. One of the weird things is, and I love music, is Deborah pointed out to me that. And started listening to a station called K-Love. You can download the app and listen to it anywhere. They're in major cities all over the country. But they have a lot of spiritual music that I would talk about. And we could talk about it from a Christianity standpoint. Um, it's based in Christianity, but it's more spiritual for me. They spread a lot of positivity and encouragement through their, their radio. And the helping of others. And the praying for others, not only yourself. And... One of the weird things is is, and I like all music, guys. I will listen to any type of music, and I never thought I would listen to spiritual music like this. But it's very modern, it's very like today's world. And if I could do a plug and just back up what Michael is saying, is you got to give it a try, guys. I, I don't even know how to t- download the app on your phone and listen to some of the music. They have different stations too within K Love and different types of music. But the main one that's broadcast all over the country in different radio stations all over the country in the US, it will change your world and your perspective and your faith. Okay? And to what Michael said, Michael and I are weirdly eerily on the same path, even though he's younger than me. Um, in that this faith based thing has started to open up doors in my life. And I've already been a very successful human by all accounts, by all normal standards, but the success I feel Um, non-monetarily, the things that are happening in my life uh, and the doors that are opening, including what we talked about with Foodtopia and some of the other businesses I'm working on, Freedom Foods, uh, Gorilla Brave, Better With Bacon Fat Studios, Courageously Unique Investments, all of those companies that I've now started over the last few years um, as I got away from the other businesses I was in for 24 years, has interestingly been more rewarding and fulfilling than anything I've ever done, okay? And if you looked at it on paper, food service partners and all those companies were doing 75 million-plus meals a year, okay? And that's keeping in mind that patients eat multiple meals a day just for everyone for the math in the hospitals and the long-term care homes. But weirdly, when you have faith and you believe that everything's okay and you start aligning your plan with God's plan, which I've always been a big believer in, but you really start surrounding yourself with individuals that also see life this way. Michael's one of them who have come into my life recently. Steven DeKemper, who I'm partners with, Aegon Pictures. I should throw that one in there as another business that I've gotten involved in over the last year and am a partner in that is doing movies and TV shows and things like that. That we're working on. Bunny Man with, with AJ, kid I played soccer with, we're working on Bunny Man, which is a horror film series. Going to be awesome based on a true story of a bunny man in Virginia. All of these things happen because I let go a little bit. Now I have to take the action to back up and align my plan with God's plan. But I will just give some shameless plugs there. And I know K Love, everyone's like whatever, believe me. Deborah introduced it to me probably a year and a half ago and I finally just started listening to it. Because I'm like, I am needing faith. I am needing direction. I am needing clarity on all the things that are going on in my life and so the spirituality thing that michael's talking about i hear that voice i hear that it's and i believe it's god's voice is the loudest so he speaks through us in a loud voice in our head he also speaks through others and michael speaks to me spiritually all the time and just you're a good guy michael you're a really good friend uh you're a great business person and you're a great what i would call son man of god you know um, spiritually and I really appreciate you sharing that on this show because um, well I'm going to get a little teary eyed weirdly Um, it really makes a difference in the world that type of human you are because as your business does grow having that grounding you're going to change a lot of lives for the better you're not only going to create jobs you're not only going to create opportunities you're not only going to fulfill dreams by having a dream big enough for everyone else's to fit into you're actually changing lives, principles, and spirituality, and relationships with God, and I think that that's going to be one of the coolest things to see you do as you move forward.
1: And I really appreciate that. I'm definitely trying to have a impact on the people that are around me, the people that support and don't support. Um, the, the biggest thing is just uh, showing gratitude and appreciation, and, and we all, you know, regardless of people believe it or not we all owe some type of debt to our our fellow man fellow woman you know and um I'm just trying to serve the best way that I know how um you know I I feel like that serving people in that I really try not to do it in a a loaded way but um you know when you serve people a a lot of the times it will it, it comes back you know I don't do anything with expectation of other than Serving people because, you know, transparently it, just, it makes me feel great. You know, I, I love taking care of folks. I love seeing a mindset change. It's so cool, like, having a conversation with people and then, you know, you say something and you see it click. And they're like, oh, I hadn't even considered it from that point of view. So really appreciate you taking the time to say those kind words. And um, it's nice to be acknowledged in that regard because, um, you know, I genuinely care about you know the impact that i i have on the the people around me the folks that i have access to and um just any type of effect that i'm able to have on folks so um and i think that people deserve grace and understanding and uh you know if i can be a small catalyst for that i'm grateful for it
0: i love it I appreciate it, Michael. Um, it's really strong words there, and I can't wait to do part six. Uh, definitely reaching out to you. Uh, everyone in the audience, again, guys, if you like what you're hearing, share this, like it, give it five stars, whatever syndication you're listening to. Please you know, rate the podcast, rate the episodes, um, write a comment. The comments matter as well. Support Michael. Share the episode. His story really matters. Like, you know, We talked about his story as father, in the last episode what happened grew up in nashville by all means like he's accomplished something against all statistics okay so don't when i say to people don't ignore statistics they're snapshots they don't mean anything especially the people that break them or ignore them michael has done that in his business so please support him please go try nash dogs if you're in nashville or going there for for tourism, or, or trying to see Broadway and the musicians, and you'll be able to see both. Like I said, pretty soon you'll be able to be on Broadway, have Nash dogs, and be able to go to the honky tonks or any music venue you want. Maybe even to the Titans game or to the Predators games. I would soccer is not within walking distance of downtown, unfortunately, but it is close, and so. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Again, you can find us on Spotify or any of the other shows we do on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. So thank you, everyone, and we're out.